going on? It's your boy. Y'all already know the Prince of Bodges in the building. That's right, your boy Dwayne. We here. Welcome to, I believe, actually, yeah, you know what, guys? This is the first episode of 2021. Man, a happy new year, y'all. I just really peeped that because, you know, the last time I was with y'all, it was a shout out to my boy Josh Gresham from Gresham Unleashed. We were doing our end of the year awards, you know what I'm saying? Part one and part two. You know, we did part one on Gresham Unleashed, part two right here on the Life Savage podcast. So if you didn't check that out, y'all wanted to see, man, we had tons of awards we gave out to tons of talents, man, all over from every promotion. Uh, basically who we felt deserved things such as tag team of the year, superstar of the year, heel of the year, shock of the year, return of the year. Just check them all out, man. Let us know if you did not check it out, go ahead and check out in the, in the archives, man. And, and you do not want to miss those. But in the meantime, happy new year, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of Life's a Bodge podcast in 2021 and guess what y'all we still on the road to 50 episodes we are almost there so you better believe this is the year we hit that 50 mark and we're gonna go way way up even more from there but y'all already know how we do this is actually a special episode because i've got a guest in the house joining right now so let me tell y'all about this brother man well first and foremost let me just say there's a nice cool little app out there you know you know you can't tell everybody about it so you know if i'm on the airwaves and i'm exposing this hopefully the clubhouse gods out there don't get me in trouble on this but you know what i'm saying there's a nice little app out there iphone users only right now called clubhouse so uh you know maybe clubhouse can sponsor your boy you know what i'm saying i would love to be a sponsor for y'all so y'all just holler at me if you hear this and you're a rep let me know because i'll show promote you right here on the life's Bosch podcast and say clubhouse where things are exclusive and you network for entrepreneurial talents ladies and gentlemen i just want to say uh what an adventure that was has been i have actually been on there promoting and uh promoting my artistry to those of you know who about me in my artist field and of course right here on the show telling people to just come check it out what we do right here on the life of Bosch podcast and i came across this gentleman and um Ironically, it was a music room, but, but who would have thought this gentleman actually is a professional wrestler on the indie scene, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. He is an independent talent. He is a six-year veteran. That's right, six-year veteran. He has been all nationwide right now, grinding it out city to city, state to state, doing his thing. And boy, let me tell you, this man has a lot of swag. This man definitely has a lot of fans out there rocking his merch out there rocking. And this man, I don't know about y'all, but I've never seen an independent wrestler that got his own dolls. So I'm just saying, when this man is is an entrepreneurial talent, he's an entrepreneurial talent. I've seen a lot of indie superstars out there grinding out. But when you got your own doll, man, you know you out there, Brandon. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the Life Savage Podcast independent wrestler himself, JT Fall. What's going on, man? Listen, that introduction was amazing, man. I love the energy, and yeah, I feel like yeah. you could be a part of the pro wrestling <laughs> world because 
it was the energy for me, man. Man, come on, brother. You know, I've actually, believe it or not, I've actually had a couple of the, the pros out there tell me that. You know, Elijah Burke and me was, shout out to Elijah Burke for joining the show. Uh, if y'all didn't check that episode out, man, make sure y'all check that out. But he actually was saying that on an off-air conversation, like, man, you, you, you got something there, man. You need to go ahead and get in the business with it. And I was like, I'm going, we're going to see what's up, man. Hopefully the podcast world can ease my way in there a little bit. But, you know, when this pandemic uh, lightens up on us a little bit and shows start happening in a live sense where fans can attend, who knows, man, rub some elbows, you know, uh, you know, see what we can do, brother. You know, I don't know. Or maybe you can help a brother get plugged in with this thing. We'll see. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's absolutely. Cool. Listen, that's <laughs> not a problem. Elijah Burke is a good friend of mine anyway, so that's not a problem, man. Word, word. Yeah, yeah, man. He was telling, he was like, man, you got the gift of gab, brother. I'd hate to be in the car rides with you, my man. You probably, I was like, hey. i like, look, man, I'm a chill dude, but when it comes to wrestling, hey, I'll talk it up with the best of them, my guy. We we, we love this. You know what I'm saying? This is yeah, cool. yeah. But uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, my guy. I'm so glad to have you on this platform, my man. Um, tell tell the world about yourself, man. What got you into pro wrestling? Uh, your background, you know, all that good stuff, man. Talk to us, man. Yeah. So um, I I was born and raised in uh, Trenton, New Jersey, which is like an inner city. Um, a lot of lot of violence, a lot of bad stuff, and um, so I've seen a lot of stuff at an early age. And, you know, I found wrestling, I believe I was about six or seven, I found wrestling. And, you know, it was a couple things that I was into prior, um, you know, like cartoons and stuff, but it was just like, a, whatever. Uh, but then when wrestling came into my life, it was just like, oh, man, it just, it changed my life, you know, it was like, wow, like, I think The Rock was the first person I saw on TV. And he was delivering a promo. I didn't even see him wrestle yet. I just heard him talking. I was just like, wow, man, this dude is, is, is a handsome dude. Uh, he looked like me. Yeah. You know, he, he talked like me a little bit. And, <laughs> and he had a lot of swag. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And he drew me to him instantly. So now I'm like, what is this? Now I'm questioning my cousin, like, what is this? Yeah. You know, um, and I just fell in love with it since then. And like, I... You know, I was telling my grandma, like, hey, like, my cousin was telling me, you know, what time it came on and what day. This was Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I told my grandma, I was like, can you remind me to, to come in the house at 9 o'clock to watch Monday Night Raw? So it was like an everyday, every, everyday thing. Yeah, and yeah. then, um, you know, the rest was history. Um, and then, like, you know, I remember, like, the MySpace days, like, when I was, like, 11 or 12, I would hit up wrestling schools in, like, California and, like, different yeah. states and they would tell me you have to be like 18 and you know I just tried because I wanted to know you know and then like uh-huh. once I got into high school um like I didn't do any sports I didn't do nothing no basketball nothing I didn't do any sports in high school so um I wanted to do wrestling but it wasn't the wrestling that I want but mm. what I know now I should have tried you know amateur wrestling I should have but yeah I didn't know yeah. like you know I just didn't know um <laughs> so when I um I, I rode in, I graduated from high school. Um, and you know, I had wrestling in the back of my mind, but realistically, it just didn't seem like something that I could do. But I yeah. still had it in the back of my mind, like, well, you know, I still would like to do it at some point. Yeah. Um, and then like when I rode in college, I completed like two semesters and then I dropped out. And then at that point, I was like, All right, I need to figure out what I want to do with my life, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and then 
<sighs> one day I was like getting my car fixed out of AutoZone, and then it had like a flyer promoting like a local wrestling event. Now at this time, I never knew indie wrestling existed. I didn't know about. I only knew WWE, Ring of Honor, TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know those companies. I didn't realize indie wrestling existed. So. It was promoting a local indie show, and on mm-hmm. the back of it, it had like a, a pro wrestling school in that area where I was living at. And I was like, a pro wrestling school? <laughs> Man, I called that number so fast. Yeah. And um, I spoke to a promoter, and he was like, I can give you the trainer's number. He gave me the trainer number. I contacted the trainer. The trainer asked me, when can I come out? I was like, any day, as soon as possible. He yeah. gave me the days that I can come out. I came out the the, the next day. Um, and then, you know, I trained and pretty much the rest was history, man. Come on, man. Yes, yes. Man, I love that. Uh, let me first and foremost say that you and I are a lot alike in terms of what got us hooked. The Rock was definitely the guy that hooked me on my very first sight of, you know, what wrestling was. Because... I remember being from Memphis, Tennessee. Here I am with my grandmother as well, right? So wow. I'm sitting here and I'm flipping through channels. Next thing I know, I'm USA Network and like I see, I see China. And, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, is that a woman? Is that a man? Cause she was built. So I'm like, okay, is that a woman? Is that a man? Like, you know, and I was just like, okay, I'm trying to figure it out. But then I see The Rock cutting a promo on her and here he is all swagged out. I see the sideburns and I'm like, all right, now he looks kind of like a black Elvis. Is that Elvis? (laughs) Who is this? You know? And I was like, and he's just cutting it. And then next thing I know, like he said, swagged out, charisma out the world. Next thing I know, I just fell in love ever since. Uh, Got all the wrestling games over the time, over time and just all of that good stuff. So bro, you and R are so much alike with that. Uh, it's amazing what wrestling will do when it captures your heart from day one at a young age like that, and it just never leaves. And uh, I'm like you, man. I can totally relate to every bit of your story right there alone because, you know, at that time, you know, wrestling wasn't. It was cool. It was really cool because of the Attitude Era, obviously. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was funny because over time, as you got older you know, and like the pre-teens and teenage years, you know, if you still gravitated to it, suddenly other interest was coming in for other people and it wasn't as cool anymore, but you right. still looked at it as cool. And, and right. it's like, you kind of felt like you had to hide the fact that you still loved wrestling and everybody else wasn't feeling it no more. But you're like, no, this is this is part of my identity, man. Like, I really want to dig into what this is. Uh, so- and at some point, like, you know, when I reached that teenage, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, age, everybody started to grow out of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. this was during, like, when WWE stopped cussing and, you know, mm-hmm. it became PG, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. it, you know, after a while, kind of did get born. And, like, you know, everybody started outgrowing it. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I still love wrestling. And I always question, like, well, will I ever grow out of it? Like, I don't want to just grow out of it because everybody else is growing out of it. But, like, yeah, you know, I felt like it was getting there at some point because it became a little stale. But yeah. they had, like, a year or two where it was a little stale, and then it got hot, it got hot again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's when I was like, wow, you know? And then, like, I don't know. Then when The Rock came back, you know, then the Daniel <laughs> Bryan era, then yes. it just got excited to be a wrestling yes. fan again, you know? Yes. indeed, indeed. So... 
bro and and that's why i said this is this is amazing um you know to see uh you know two two guys you know uh and this is why i created this platform to be completely honest i created a platform like this for us you know our wrestling fans out there because you know in today's world where everyone is you know anime lovers and they're like yeah i love anime so what you know, we all love anime now, you know, or yeah, I love pro wrestling. So what? We all love pro wrestling <laughs> now, you know, like anything you're unapologetically you in 2020, 2021 and modern day, whatever you're into that defines who you are, it's okay. Mm. And nobody's mm. judging anymore. Right. So that's a beautiful thing. But I created this platform, obviously, so that to the casual fan, the people who may used to watch back when we, you know, when it was all cool to everybody, and, you know, they fell out of love with it, you know, or whatever, you know, but didn't realize like, you know, oh, there's truth to this. And and I would love to talk with you about this because I'm sure, you know, those people, those casuals out there are like, oh, yeah, man, I loved wrestling. But then I found out it was fake. And you're like, the F word, the word that, 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 that you know, and when you really learn about the business and you're like, that's the word that you don't want to ever say around someone who really does this, because I guarantee you, you're going to find out the hard way <laughs> this is far from that you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh when i when i when i first found that i was probably about like uh maybe two or three years into wrestling i found out it mm -hmm. was scripted and 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 when i because you know i was teased a lot you know uh yeah about it like it was being fake like just a lot of the older people too yeah. and it was like it was fake and when you find that it's fake and, and then like I was I was so hurt because not so much that I found out that it wasn't what it was, but it was the mm -hmm. fact that everybody teased me about it and the fact that I found out that it was. Yeah. But essentially, it made me really want to learn more about it because I'm like, wow, you know, I, I, I didn't fall out of love with it when I found out it was scripted. Yeah. Um, it, it just became more fascinating. And then, like, you know, once, you know, the internet started booming, you started finding out the dirt sheets and you started mm -hmm. finding, you as a fan, you thought you knew everything. But when, yeah. when I got into the business, I was like, man, as much as I thought I knew about wrestling, I don't know <laughs> about don't wrestling. It. Come on, man. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I just became, once I became a part of the business, man, I, I, I just try to stay away from the dirt sheets and, and, yeah. and, you know, a lot of that stuff because people don't think, people think they know about wrestling, but they really don't want you to become a part of the business. It's just so yeah. much more, you know, to it. Um, so much more, man. And like, you know, with all the bumps and stuff and all the stuff that I've I've been through through wrestling training, it is mm -hmm. not easy, you know? So yes. I just encourage people, you know, that say that it's fake and whatever they have to say, I, I just implore them to come train with us for one day, oh, just one for day. an entire day. One day, that's all you need. You know what I'm saying? Tell them one day. And you know, this is coming from a guy. And again, shout out to my boy, Josh Gresh. Me and my boy, Josh Gresh, we're the hardest core fans ever. We critique the business. We critique the shows, but we give not in the ways of like being like super sensitive in your, you know, IWC like fans. No, we do it in a real perspective. Like if we thought it was great, we thought it was great. If we thought there were some things could have been done better, we give it with a realistic atmosphere and we still keep a positive energy about it. Right. But then the thing is, we also let people know we haven't even taken a bump, but we know we, we look, we would be willing to for sure. But we haven't even taken a bump, but we understand the basis that even when we haven't taken a bump, we still know, hey, this is real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tell them one day, just get in there and just, just take, tell them to run around the ropes. Go ahead and just yeah. run around the ropes and tell yeah. them you're not going to feel that on the back later. <laughs> <laughs> you 
like all those <laughs> look like that. They hurt. No, those things. It, it, look, I didn't realize. To me, like I told you before, I I didn't do any. I didn't do any sports. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was just one of those kids who just like to flip around, and jump off the trampoline, and I yeah. just—that's the type of stuff that I did as a kid. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. I, I I was never trained on how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff, flippy stuff that I know how to do now, I, it's still a basis for me doing it before. But now I'm a trained athlete, so now my trainers teaching me how to utilize it and do it in a way that I'm not hurting myself, I'm not hurting my opponent, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but like, like. When I when I had when I was training with guys who did college football, mm-hmm. like some of the guys that trained with us, they were college athletes. You know, it was a guy that also had a, a NFL tryout. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in the NFL combine and like he was struggling with some of the training. Not saying that like I was more athletic than him, but mm-hmm. the fact that he struggled and the fact that he had high training on a on a football level. Was yeah. like yes, wrestling is no joke. And wrestling no is joke. another capacity, <laughs> another thing of its own, pretty much. So right. that just made me more, be more respectful about the business that I'm in. Because I'm like, wow, this guy here's this guy who 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 had a tryout for the NFL, come on, but man. yet he's still trying to try out for wrestling. He's having a hard time. So that come just on. made me be more optimistic. Like, yeah, this stuff isn't easy, man. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So. And I'll tell you, you know, um, I learned to respect it uh, like for real, for real, as I got older, right around the time of when Tough Enough was out, because I knew like, OK, that's clearly giving you a, a clear cut behind the rope of like, you know, regular guys and girls. And like you said, some who were natural athletes, some who weren't that athletic. And they were still it was the non-athletic ones sometimes that outshine the athletic one. Sometimes the athletic ones outshine the non-athletics. It, it just depended on what you could do and what you couldn't do. But to see like the behind the scenes of like, yo, that's what it's like taking a bump. That's what it's like. It's not as easy as it looks. You can't just monkey see, monkey do it. Like, you know, like you can, you can, you might look and see, you know, there's visual learners, like you may pick up on some things watching, but it's not all you know, gravy where you're just like, okay. I can do a swan time bomb. All I gotta do is just yeah. climb up. And just uh, yeah. I've seen Jeff Hardy yeah. do it a million times. I just yeah. jump in. The- yeah. Nah, <laughs> you nope. gotta protect yourself, nope. buddy. <laughs> no, and, and look, man, it's so crazy because, like, again, I I didn't have a, a foundation of anything. Like, I, you know, a lot of it is a lot of footwork. Your footwork has to be good. So he had to teach me my footwork in the beginning because I didn't do basketball, I didn't do football, so my footwork was off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then like. You know, it's just a lot of stuff that I thought was easy. The stuff that looked easy is hard, and the stuff that looked hard is easy with wrestling. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right now. Wow. Running the ropes look like it's easy, but it is so hard because, so for hard. one, you it's so much you have to worry about. Obviously, when you first doing it, but once it become natural and you used to, you can just do it. But learning how to do it, your footwork, obviously, then you got to worry about grabbing the ropes right before you get ready to bounce off of it. To, mm. to, to hit the other side of the ropes it's just yeah. it was just a lot of stuff was very complicated for me in the beginning you know like yeah. just even the simple stuff like the four rows the back rows running yeah. the ropes hitting the back bump because essentially a back bump is you throwing yourself onto the ground intentionally mm-hmm. whereas yeah. you know what i'm saying most times like naturally you want to stop yourself from falling yeah. but now sure. you're taking what you're used to on a regular basis 
stopping you, not trying to stop yourself from falling. You're intentionally throwing yourself to the ground. So it was just a lot of stuff that you, and you worried about hitting your head. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot, man. It's just not easy. People think it's, it's easy, but man, it's but a it's lot not. that goes into it. It's not, and and it just goes to show. And that's anything that we do. Uh, I love. That's what I love about you know. Uh, sometimes people who think you know, anything, you know, uh, I just found out, you know, I'm learning some stuff today about voice acting and I mean, geez, I was just mind blown at what all voice actors have to go through, uh, just to perfect what their craft is in that field. You know, mm. you thinking, oh, okay, you know, sure. I know how to animate my voice, project my voice. I took a few acting drama classes. I can, uh, you know, I got a home studio. I do this. You know, that should be easy, right? No, there's a lot more to it than that, you know, and just different things we do, you know, whether we're a music artist, whether we're a pro wrestler, no matter what we are in life, there's always something and it takes a lot of work. It's, it's yes. a lot of work. So you, you just got to understand uh, nothing is ever easy in anything that you do, if you really love it, uh, even being something simplest as a writer or journalist, mm -hmm. there's nothing easy about that either, guys. Mm -hmm. You gotta make sure your stuff is structured, make sure it's lined up. Found that out in college, <laughs> you know? So it's like, guys, uh, you gotta understand these things, man. So never go into anything thinking it's easy. But brother, with you, uh, so tell, as you went into that phase now, like you're, you're, you're learning it, you're excited, you're in school, like, okay, I actually get to fulfill my dream now. Something I've been watching. And then you find out the hardships are like, oh, wow, this is not only painful, but it's not easy. Well, so what kept you fueled, motivated, and going mentally to say, I love this, but I got to keep going. Like, you know, it's, it's painful and a strain, but I got to keep going. What's kept you motivated? Um, I think for me, um, the more I traveled, the more I asked questions, mm -hmm. and the more I did research on guys who came before me and, and seeing their journey. Some people's journeys were a lot worse than my journey. Mm -hmm. um, and to see that they overcame it, and they still steadfast, and, and they, they prayed about it, they just worked hard. Mm -hmm. um, the more and more, like I said, the more I learned and traveled and, and asked questions, I realized that everybody that been through this business had some type of struggle yeah. um and, and and they overcame it so that's just pretty much how i looked at it like if you really want it bad you just got to keep pushing forward no matter what happens um and, and that's essentially what i did you know because i'm like man they got through it you know they overcame this they overcame that mm -hmm. um and i just think if if, if you just willing to 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 keep moving forward and not let stuff get in the way rather if it is through injury or Rather, if it is through whatever personal stuff, you know, because we all go through stuff and, yeah, yeah. you know, you just got to keep moving forward. So that's really how I just kept a mental strong, a mental mind. It was like, man, I can do it. Um, yeah. And then, like, it just was fun. You know, once I once I really got for me, once I really got the basics of it, uh, the, the foundation, once I was able to build that strong foundation. Mm -hmm. it was just easy it became easier man and i got more comfortable with my character it just was so much fun and i didn't have to yeah. so much think about uh in terms of what i want to do in my match like because i already knew you know what i mean because yeah. i figured out who i was so it just became fun you know and once yeah. you get to that point in your life 
you could make magic with anybody, any wrestler, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I love that, man, because I can even see it just off the excitement in your, in your voice, brother, with, even with the hardships and just the fact that you love it, you found yourself. Uh, so speaking of finding yourself, man, uh, let's talk about the character a little bit, man. So how was JT Funk uh, coming to life? Like, what, what, what was the process behind the character, the name and the vision? Like, how did it come over time for you, sir? Uh, so when I first, um, maybe like, maybe like a couple months before I was making my debut, I honestly, I didn't know because, you know, when you're in the business, your trainer has to give you the go ahead that you're ready, right? Right. Um, so my trainer came to me like two months prior. He was like, he was like, man, I think you're ready, you know, so start, you know, figuring out a name and, you know, all that good stuff. Cause I believe you're ready. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I didn't think I was ready, you know, but he yeah. saw something to me that I did. Um, so I, I started coming up with names. Um, I didn't want like a first and last name, like a Shawn Michaels or like a Randy. I didn't want a first and last name. I wanted something with some initials. Mm -hmm. And then a name, but not necessarily a last name or necessarily just something that was cool. Yeah. So I just came, I was just fiddling with different letters and stuff. So I was like JL, you know, my, the first name of my first name and then my middle initial JL. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, I don't like that. That's lame. So <laughs> I just was funneling around with different names. So I somehow got to, I got J and then I was like, man, just fiddling letters. And I was like, man, I'm from Trenton, New Jersey. JT. Boom. I got JT. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Okay. I got JT. So okay. now I'm trying to figure out the last part. All right, JT. What? JT what? JT what? I could not come up with nothing. So I just did Harris because that's my last name, Harris. So mm -hmm. I only wrestled under JT Harris under one under just one show. That was my first match ever. Okay. Um, it's online. You can look it up. JT <laughs> Harris. Uh -huh. um, but I, I, I kind of like erased that part of my career. So like, because <laughs> yeah. oh man, I had Dresden and like I don't know. So it wow. was JT Harris. I had my first match under JT Harris, and then um, the company that I was wrestling for, which mm -hmm. my my training school was under, they kind of mm -hmm. stopped running shows, and then um, I started like uh like checking out other schools because our school was slowing down. Nobody was really training. So it was kind of like, it kind of got like old after a while because it was a lot of the older guys there. They didn't want to like try new stuff for me. And I was at that part of my career where I'm like, man, I had my first match. I want to do some cool stuff now. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't want to do it. So I started looking at other schools, you know? So I told my trainer, I said, listen, is it okay if I go train at another school, not mm -hmm. leave permanently, but just check it out. So I was training with them for a while. Then our school ended up shutting down. So I started training at another school. Mm -hmm. And they they really liked me. They wanted to bring me in. They was like, we want to bring you in, but we don't want to bring you in as JT Harris. Mm. The Uptown Funk Bruno Mars song just came out. <laughs> it was literally a hot. So uh, the promoter that brought me in, he was like, what about Funk? So he suggested the name Funk. And I suggested the Uptown Funk song to come out to because I'm like, it fit perfect. So I got the Funk name from a promoter. So he was like, what about Funk? And I was like, yes, I love it. So we yeah. did JT Funk. Um, I debuted as JT Funk. And mm. the rest was history. Uh, but so when I debuted, everything was cool. I had Drez at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and like after like the second or third show, it just kind of got stale. Um, now I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And it was kind of frustrating because I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. I was stuck in like a tag team with 
this guy. And then when they split us up, I kind of like fell down the wayside. I didn't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a show that Shane Douglas was on. Mm-hmm. And he did like a seminar. And um, I asked him after the seminar was open, over. And he was like, um, I was like, hey, look, I got a question. I was like, so how did you come up with your gimmick? How did you come up with your, your most infamous gimmick, the franchise Shane Douglas? That was like yeah. the prime of his career in ECW, right? Come on, yeah. So I, yeah, so I asked him, I said, how did you come up with your gimmick? So he said, he sat me down, he said, think of your top five favorite wrestlers of all time, right? He said, you don't have to tell me, just think of it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm like, all right, I got it in my mind. So he's all like, right. all right, keep that in mind. He said, so out of all those five wrestlers that you love or whatever you like about those five guys, think of the way they talk, think of the way they walk, think of the way they sell, think of anything that you like about those five guys, just start taking from them. Take from them. Take how the way they walk, take the way they talk, and whatever you like about them. And I was like, okay, all right. And he said, that's basically how you find your gimmick. You just take he said, don't, don't do everything they did. Just take little bits and pieces from them. And he said, that's how you get your gimmick. And I was like, it didn't make sense at that time. But I was, you know, all right. I was like, okay. So I went back to the lab and I started researching all the guys that I really like. The mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels of the world, Shelton mm-hmm. Benjamin, uh, yeah. The Rock, you know, yeah. just taking from those guys. Dolph Ziggler, yeah. all those guys that I like. Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And, you know, I started just little by little. Uh, okay. The seller from Dolph Ziggler I took. Uh, um, um, the facial expressions I took from The Rock. The way yeah. he walked to the ring. I yeah. still left from The Rock. Um, 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 Shelton Benjamin, just his athleticism. Yeah. You know, just different things. I started Daniel Bryan when he's selling as a baby face. It's amazing. So just little yeah. things I started taking. And um, it, it didn't happen immediately, but I really had to start dig deep, digging deep. Like, man, that dude, that's starting to make sense now. Yeah. And I little, little, little by little, little by little, man, it just started to take off. And then this character started to take off. And then, like, I was at a show in New York, and my theme song, um, somebody told me, they was like, man, you got a really good theme song. You should probably just tap in with your theme song and yeah. kind of, like, do stuff with that. So uh, the show in New York, the part came up, girls, say to hallelujah, woo! And the crowd started saying, woo! Three <laughs> times, right? Uh-huh. Yo, that's something I can like tag along to get the fans to get behind me before I even wrestle. I can just get them to say, woo. And literally, I took that little one little piece of my gimmick and the gimmick just like it took off. It literally took off. Come on now. Man, you know how happy it was when I realized that (laughs) I had the most coolest song on the yes. indies right now without yes. even wrestling i got them hooked immediately that song come on as soon as they play that song people just start doing this you know what i mean like okay okay start getting with me man and i got them hooked immediately man so man, that is amazing like bro you are so lighting fires under me right now just off of your story and come up right now. Like, dude, that is phenomenal. Shout out to you for, shout, you know, putting on game, uh, you know, for the franchise, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. So salute to the franchise for, you know, those wise words. Uh, so young wrestlers out there, if you're listening, keep that, keep that in mind, all right? Words from the franchise himself distilled to JT Funk. You see his work wonders from Mr. Funk here. So, Remember that yeah. all of you guys got some influences in the game. 
Which was crazy. Absolutely. I was actually about to ask you about that. And you, you just hit it right on the nail. So I guess what I would ask on top of that question, now that we know some of your influences, uh, what would you say, um, what, what, you know, you did kind of go a bit about like, what about each one that you like, but what, what attracted you? We know what attracted you to like The Rock. So the others that you named, what attracted you to them and their style? And what about them uh, influenced you to say, okay, they're in my top five, as, as the franchise mentioned to you when you said, who are your top five? Uh, so talk about some of your influences and why they're your top. Um, I'll start with Shelton Benjamin. Mm -hmm. um, Shelton Benjamin is, he's, he's a natural athlete. Like, he's so, so cool to watch. And when you watch him, sometimes you don't know what to expect from him. Sometimes he mm -hmm. come out of nowhere with stuff, and you're like, wow, how yeah. the hell does he do that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And, that's pretty much self-explanatory with Shelton Benjamin. And mm -hmm. I love his hops. Like, you know how he hops on a ladder? Like, how he hops yes. on the turnbuckle, the top turnbuckle? His yes. splashes or just, like, yes. He makes it so one. effortlessly. Like, yes, yes. he's just amazing. Um, and Daniel Bryan, him as a baby face, like, his facial expressions, like, yes. and you know how, like, he's, firing up and he's like nodding his head like yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. without without him clapping without him trying to get the fans behind him you want to get behind him so bad because you believe in daniel bryan and you feel it through his facial yeah you know um that's kind of something that i wanted man that um and and daniel bryan being so smart his believability no matter who daniel bryan's wrestling against you believe in him because you're like this guy's legit <laughs> um, yes, so legit. the believability with Daniel Bryan and Shawn Michaels, man, he's just, mm. he has it all. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. the man is one of the best baby faces of all time. Like he's just good. He just have great ring psychology, yes. great ring awareness. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't even have to pretty much explain anything about, he's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's just, he's great. Um, yeah. So yeah. And he's not a big guy either. No. You know? Yeah, all of those guys, uh, with with maybe the exception of The Rock, all of those yeah. guys that your favorites really arguably aren't known as big guys. Mm -hmm. um, so that's actually a, a very telling situation in your, in your own right in terms of uh, from, you know, to those who may not actually visually see you. Uh, if they see, you know, like when they look you up, of course, they'll see that obviously you're not probably the biggest guy either yourself. And mm -hmm. yet look at it. it's never it's not stopping you because again uh the evolution of the business now where size used to matter in that attitude era phase back then uh it doesn't matter much anymore it's like and, and then i and then i asked my trainer i you know uh because like i said when i first was in training like that was the thing that bothered me me being so small and i'm like how how, how do you know why how would people believe me then he started mentioning the small guys that 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 people yeah. believe in the crispin wise daniel bryan mm -hmm. you know the, you know the smaller guys you know uh that people are are taking serious and mm -hmm. then i started looking you know ufc and different different sports and i'm like wow these guys are small too but you wouldn't fuck with them either you know <laughs> so it's it's, it's pretty much believability you know people have yeah. to believe in you and they have to see your facial they have to realize that yeah this guy's no joke Come and on. I that was something that I was able to do. And even though I do come, I don't really because I try to stay away from the shuck and jiving and coming mm -hmm. out and, and doing all that, but that's really who I am. Um, mm -hmm. but I minimize, you know, I don't really come out shucking and jiving. I come out smiling, 
and I come out just high tempo, you know, that's who I am. Yeah. But yeah. I don't really do a lot of dancing. I really don't, you know? My God, that's awesome. I mean, you 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 are putting so much uh, emphasis in it, man. And I love, I'm actually surprised. There's one small guy I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, in the name of X-Pac. I'm actually surprised that he didn't become one of your influences given the Attitude Era. He was one of the smaller guys that we actually saw in there with the big shows, the Canes, the Undertakers, and all of those guys. And believability in terms of, like, ultimate underdog, man. We knew, like, okay, he's clearly one small dude. And yet here he is mixing it up with these guys twice his size. And you know what's crazy? Yeah, yeah. You, I'm glad that you said that because I didn't really... I, I didn't really, I like X-Pac back then, but I wasn't really big on X-Pac. I didn't really start learning about X-Pac years later in the business, and I started appreciating his work then. But by that time, mm -hmm. I had already found my guys that I really liked in terms of style. But sure. yes, X-Pac was definitely, 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 definitely underrated. You know, he was really yeah. good. He was ahead of his time, you know what I mean, for oh, a small guy. He was. I totally agree. If he, if his career was in a modern day sense, man, oh my gosh, like, he no doubt he would have been WWE champion. I'm sure. Oh, in modern day, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like it's no doubt about it in my mind. Like, and and it's but it just goes to show, man. It's a lot of things that I love about the business and its evolution. Um, and so with you, um, let's talk about you know with dreams and and what we aspire to do when we're in the indie scene. The the ultimate goal. We know that there's side promotions. You know there were. You know, at the time, the WCWs, we know that you have the TNA slash Impact Wrestlings, the AEWs, the, um, you know, the Ring of Honors, MLWs. There's so many promotions galore these days mm. uh, for independent talents like yourself. Mm. And, you know, as you grind up, you know that there's different promotions. You are like, yeah, I would love to be a part of this roster or that roster. But ultimately, we all know that every wrestler aspires to be in the WWE. And we noticed that you had a tryout with the WWE. So talk about your experience of what, what got you in that tryout and how that felt going through that experience for you, man. Man, um, when, I, when I got the email, man, I just could not believe it, man. It, the email was like, I'm like, man, I told everybody, like, I got a trial for WWE, like... <laughs> So now I'm thinking like, man, I have to impress them. I have to impress them. They have to sign me. They have to sign me. They have to sign me. Like, yes. Um, I, you know, so they they just basically send you a list of things that that they expect of you in terms of what you're what you're expected to wear, your arrival time, you know, just different things like that. And um, I was so excited, man. I was so so happy. Um, I was I traveled with them for three days. Um, it was. The Money in the Bank pay per view of 2019. Then it was the Monday night. So uh, it was three days. The first night was Sunday, which was the Money in the Bank pay per view. That's the night that Brock Lesnar uh, came out and, you know, stopped Ali from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, oh, even the people that was there, we didn't even know because I was, you know, I was backstage. Yeah. Nobody knew. Um, wow. So the first night was in. Um, it was somewhere in Connecticut. Then Monday Night Raw was in Albany, New York. That was the next night. And then Tuesday, Tuesday Night SmackDown, it was in Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island. So I was mm -hmm. there for three days. And, like, I was so excited. Um, my first day there, um, they have you do, like, um, you check in. They have you do, like, a physical. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they have you uh, just do like, yeah, they just have you do like a quick physical. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to be there like 1 p.m. That was the check-in time. We had to be there. Um, so, yeah, so we had to do all that. And, you know, so a lot of those guys that was there, they were indie wrestlers as well. Um, and I met one guy there. He was like a police officer. He was like 19 years of age. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I met him and he was like, you know, I don't want to be a pro wrestler or anything. He was like, I'm just here because he was cool with Bob Backlund. So Bob Backlund got him the gig there. <laughs> and so, you know, that was cool. Uh, but yeah, man, it was, um, you know, I was just really just watching and seeing everything go. And from my experience, it seems like, you know, the wrestling part was the easiest part, but it's so much stuff that goes on outside of the wrestling. Like, Obviously, yeah. with the promos, they you got to get with a writer. They got to tell you what to say. It's just yeah. so much. It's like the wrestling part is the the smallest aspect of wrestling for WWE. It's just so much other things that yeah. you have to be worried about. And it was kind of nerve wracking to me just to just to see it. And I was just like, ah. So mm-hmm. even though I was there and I was able to to have my tryout, which was cool, um, it was such a such an amazing experience because you realize, like, this is the real deal, you know, this is the top of the top, you know, you just see how everything is being operated, Um, you see that as a business, and you see, you know, when you see Triple H walk past, you see Vince McMahon walk past, you see all these guys that you grew up watching, and you see that they're serious about everything that they're doing, like their product, they're very serious. And um, the paper, the first night, it was kind of cool. It was kind of chill because um, what I didn't know is the pay-per-views, they don't do commercial breaks, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more laid back. Whereas Monday Night Raw, the next night, it was a little bit more strict. And they were, they were a lot on time, you know, a lot on time constraints. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit more like, you know, everybody got to get on the ball kind of thing. Um, yeah. And SmackDown was kind of the same thing. But Monday Night Raw was like, it was like kind of like prison, like no playing around and everybody's mm. on. Yeah. So, on, uh, but man, it was, uh, but obviously that's still my goal to be, you know, signed by WWE, but, um, being there, I was like, ah, I don't want to go there just yet. <laughs> just yet. I understand. No, I understand. It, it, it sounds like it can be, uh, just off of what I've what I've heard, um, mm-hmm. the connections that I've made, and uh, again from some of the guests that we've had on the show who've kind of shared some both on air and off air conversations, I can tell you know again they're number one for a reason, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, and you can from firsthand of seeing you can tell. Well, when you're at the top like that, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's when, you, when you see it behind the scenes, it's like, oh, well, this is why. It's one thing to see it on TV. And then when you're actually there, it's like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, we ain't there yet, but we're getting there. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And so, and so, and so going into my tryout, uh, they do your tryout. The last, so it's two ways you get a tryout from WWE. Uh, one way is um, they, um, they hire you to do the tryout at the performance center which is like like that's like a private invite like mm-hmm. you know you have to know somebody that knows somebody or they they must know who you are and they invite you over to the the um the performance center and try out there um another way is through the um extra talent which is uh which is that's that's pretty much a paid gig you know where they may hire you to come in to do like a, a fake ambulance spot where you come out and you get beat up by the wrestlers yeah. you know a security guard or something uh-huh. like that or somebody in like a suit yeah yeah, yeah kind of like that right uh-huh um so yeah so those are the two ways but 
I was so excited about going into my tryout. Um, and they have you, they have you in the arena in the actual WWE ring mm-hmm. right before they open the doors for the fans. Um, and this was Tuesday. That was the last night we were there. That was that was like a SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And um, all the wrestlers was out there. Randy Orton was out there. Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens. I was so nervous. I'm like, oh man, they're watching me now. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. but a lot of the referees were like, man, just go out there, do what you know. You know how to wrestle. Don't worry about them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty much. So everybody that was there, they pretty much knew each other. All the indie wrestlers, they pretty much knew each other. So I didn't know a lot of those guys. So everybody was picking who they wanted to wrestle with and stuff like that. You know, if you know somebody and you're comfortable with their style, you can put on a good match with them regardless of where you at. You know, oh, for sure. But it, yeah. if if you don't know the next, if you don't know the person you're wrestling with, it's kind of like a 50-50. It's like a hit or miss. You may have a good match with that person, you may not. Because you, mm. you got to depend on what they're saying. So if they're saying they've been wrestling for eight years and then you go in there and they haven't been wrestling and you like, man, it's no way they wrestled for eight years and, you know, they come in here and fumble. And yeah. um, so a guy, I, it was another black guy. I didn't really know him from a can of paint. And um, I pretty much put our whole match together. I kept it simple as heck because um, the referee, they was like, you know, don't go out there and do your flips and stuff. Don't do nothing cool. Just go out there and tell a story. I'm like, yeah. okay, all right, cool. So I told him it was a basic uh, baby face versus heel. I put the entire match together. It was simple. And he said he only been wrestling for a couple years. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just keep it simple. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times if you haven't been wrestling that long and you put so much on a guy, they can't remember spots. They won't remember. So I just try to keep it simple. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was the case. And he was like, all right. So we ran through it a couple times, like what we was going to do. And, you know, everything seemed cool. Mm-hmm. We got out there, man. He forgot everything. And oh no. Yeah, man. I was so devastated. I wanted to I literally wanted to cry because I'm like, this is my only shot. You know, like y'all could have in my mind, I'm like, man, they could have put me in there with somebody that I, you know, somebody who's at least more experienced. That way we can so it it didn't it didn't end well. Um, so the referee told me he was like, just on your part, he said it looked like you you knew what you were doing, you know, you you look like you're well polished, but he was like, just next time, just next time you come in here, um, just focus on telling the story. You could have had him work on your leg or something, something like that. And I was just like, ah, you know, it, sometimes it is like on that level, I didn't really want him to work my leg because I can't do my athletics. I can't impress them enough, yeah. you know? So, yeah. So I was so hurt about it, man. I'm like, man, this is my only shot, but you know, uh, believe it or not, I don't think, Looking back on it, I don't think I I was ready for WWE um, mm. because I had to put more weight on. I was still a lot smaller then, um, mm. and those guys were trained athletes. They all look good. They all work out. Mm. I'm just not ready. I need more time. Um, and and then it's also I've wrestled on indies. I never did like um, a televised type type based show. Yeah. So it's just another thing that you gotta you gotta be mindful of. It's just a whole lot, you know. Um, I just think I just need to be a little bit more polished. And that's when I realized, like, okay, and I go back to the drawing board and maybe I need to venture out to travel to more different, to different countries. Um, And and that's really how you get established, just traveling different places. You know, that's what AJ Styles did. That's what a lot of those guys did before WWE came knocking on their door, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you hitting it right on the nail, man. I mean, just to hear your story, I can say just again, from someone who, 
uh, is half fan, now half media personality in, in this business. And uh, hopefully, you know, maybe even someday in the ring, you know, who knows, man? You just never know. I mean, I've been challenged to say, you know, hey, go in there and just take a bump or two, you know, why not? You know, uh, shout out to Justin LeBar, you know, for actually, uh, show, you know, saying that. Uh, but Mitch, you know, nonetheless, with you, my man, like your story is sounding exactly like it's well on the right track for sure, because I literally was watching uh, Keith Lee's documentary on the WWE Network and hearing your story is reminding me so much of how inspirational his was. Uh, and again, everybody's story is different, but just in mm -hmm. you know, the path of think about how many times he had literally had a tryout with this company before he had eventually had it. I mean, the next tryout could be the same similar case, but a little better from this one, but they still mm -hmm. don't get you in yet. Mm -hmm. And then you take that sign to say, okay, I'm almost there from last time, but there's still something. And the next thing you know, JT Funk is so headlined all across the way that they got to bring you and they got to sign you. And so my brother, I would love to say, man, it is an honor to meet you, an honor to work with you and, and definitely want to bring you on more and more mm -hmm. as you continue to progress and progress because I am so excited. I can't wait to see just off of what you've done as a six year vet, six years in the game. And I think about some who have made it and it took them 20 years, 30 years, you know, uh, Lord knows how many years it took them to get to the point they get to. And you already seem like you're well on track to get there way quicker than most would think, you know what I'm saying? Now, I will ask this though, with the pandemic, I know we mentioned a little off air, you know, you were telling me how the pandemic slowed things down. How have you been dealing with how the pandemic has been? Have you taken time to, uh, some of the independent wrestlers I've had on the show said they took this time to kind of focus on their character, focus on, you know, maybe their body or focus on just improv, anything like that. What have you been doing uh, from the time of when the pandemic hit up until this point? point currently to keep yourself motivated to further rocket yourself uh to the next step of your career um definitely um uh, number one was definitely i put on a lot of weight um i'm like 190 now um mm. and i'm just building muscle and i just been eating like crazy because i work out <laughs> all the time but i was i just don't eat enough so i had yeah. to freaking like multiply my protein intake, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I to put more yeah. Uh -huh. so yeah, definitely, definitely. I've worked out a lot more. Um, I've been eating a lot more. Um, but more importantly, I've, I've been able to do, uh, something that a lot of wrestlers haven't, I've been branding myself and obviously with, with my mask, I've been selling, like it all started with my mask, you know, during the pandemic, you know, the, the masks were, were basically a requirement. You had to wear a mask to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, I'm looking around, I'm doing research. No other wrestlers sell a mask. I can sell some JT Funk masks. You know oh, what I mean? Man. So boom, I, it started with that and they were selling like crazy, like hotcakes. Yeah. And then my mind started going, I'm like, okay these were good masks. Let me just implement some more better material brand masks. Yeah. And I started selling those, those were selling out. Then I'm just like, wow. Like then it becomes so much money was coming in. I'm like, I've never made this money with wrestling, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> man, now, now I'm focusing on my brand. So now I'm sell, selling, obviously all wrestlers sell t-shirts, but I was selling t-shirts, hoodies. I'm about to start releasing my, my beanie hats. 
Um, and then the, the dolls came. That changed the game because no yeah. other wrestler did that. So I'm just trying yeah. to stand out, you know, and do things a little bit differently. So the pandemic for me, man, has been crazy. Um, and it was it was a little sad and a little depressing at first because, you know, you can't wrestle. But, man, always, always being able to turn a negative into a positive. That's my mindset. You know, yeah. whatever whatever negative you – whatever negative in life or whatever negativities you got going on in life, just try to turn – look at the brighter side. And yeah. that's literally what I was able to do and and, and, and and still be relevant. JT Funk was still able to be relevant during this Come pandemic. On, so yeah. um, that's pretty much me. So, yeah, it, it worked out for the best. You know, I love it. I love it, brother. I mean, and it, again, it shows because again, uh, this is an independent contracting business. So the fact that you were able to set up your own shop, you know what I'm saying? And, and still making things work and uh, getting ready because now you're even more ready so that when you are hitting the ground running again, because it's a matter of time, you know, this yeah. that one pandemic don't stop no show. I mean, yeah, it's been a setback. Yeah. But you can mm-hmm. tell we're, we're headed in the right direction. Here. Oh, yeah, so yeah. For that matter, you will be back in these stands. You know, these fans will be back in these stands getting ready to woo <laughs> with JT Funk. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I know they're missing it. I know they're missing it. And that's why I said I can't wait, brother. For sure, you already know, man. As soon as you find your way in Atlanta, let me know because you already know, brother. The Prince of Botch is ready to showcase himself <laughs> with this Life's a Botch championship sitting right over here in the corner. I am ready to come represent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Trust me, yeah. I'm ready to come represent, brother. So, Do you mind please, showing that championship belt, man? I want to see it. Can I take a look at it? Absolutely. Listen, brother, man, listen, I am so ready to break this baby out with the next live shows. I can't wait to bring this baby into full effect. Listen, this baby right here, is my golden child. I cannot wait. You see the you see the life's a botch right there on the ah! side. <laughs> baby. Life's a botch, baby. We are in the building. We are ready to rep. So I cannot wait for live shows to come back in full effect. Uh indie shows, public shows, all these promotions. I can't wait because baby, I'm telling you. The Prince of Bots is going to be in the building, ready to interview every wrestler that is ready to be interviewed. I will stand out because I got some flashy standout stuff that, trust me, between this belt and those attires, you would think I was a talent myself because I'm ready. <laughs> but, uh, I love the energy, man. I love the energy. Listen, this is, this is what we do. I mean, again, it all comes from what we love, man. Pro wrestling gave your boy this energy, man. You know, just to come out thanks to the Ric Flairs of the world. You know what I'm saying? The Wayne, the Rock Johnsons of the world. You know what I mean? The Hulk Hulk. All of these guys and girls out here who are full of charisma, man. It has put it in me. And it's just a guy representing what I've watched and grown up seeing. You know what I'm saying? So I owe it to them. But salute to you. Salute to the veterans, man. Uh, JT, brother, you are an amazing, amazing gentleman. I know the fans out there listening who are fans of Life's a Botch podcast. If you guys don't already know about JT Funk when you're listening, get, definitely make sure you follow this man's journey. Make sure you support this man and get his merchandise because Lord knows I sure will. So I want to see you guys, all right? If you're a loyal listener of the Life's a Botch podcast, do the Prince of Botch a favor. Go follow my boy JT Funk, okay? Go get his merch and go help this man Get to the top where he is headed, ladies and gentlemen, because it is a matter of time before this man is on your TV set. And believe you me, when you see that name, 
you are going to be like, yeah, buddy, we, we was with him from the Life of Bosch podcast days, and we can't wait to see him in future reference when we both blow up. You know what I'm saying? So that being said, my brother, please, by all means, tell the people where they can find you, how they can follow you and interact with you, and uh, let's just keep you moving, man. Let's do it. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, which are all the same handler at the JT Funk. That's T H E J T F U N K. And um, I'm on Facebook as JT Funk. You just type JT Funk, it, it can come up. Um, I'm also on YouTube. You type up JT Funk, you can see all my matches. Um, mm. And all my social media platforms, uh, my merch is on there. You just have to follow me and you click the link, and all my stuff is there. It's literally what you see, what you get kind of thing. Um, but also, I just want to give a shout out to Life's a Botch podcast for having me. You guys have been <laughs> phenomenal. I love Thank the you. energy. I want to send you more independent wrestlers, Come and on. I'm going to put y'all on the map. Come on. And we're going to get y'all to the next level because, oh, man, listen, let's I love the energy, brother. Whatever yes. I can do to help you. You shoot me a message and yes. let's get it, man. Please, let's connect, my man. Like I said, we definitely gonna talk some more off the air. Sorry, ladies and gents, I can't get y'all an after party for this episode. <laughs> but best believe, y'all stick with your boy, cause Dwayne. You know, I'm like I said, I'm the prince of the botch, baby. You know what I'm saying? And I actually didn't even botch today, so go figure. <laughs> we actually did this today with no botches, ladies and gentlemen. Cause always remember, it's not. How you botch is the fact that when you botch, you acknowledge it, you make the best of it, and you keep it moving, baby. Yes. That's yes. why life's a botch. Go. Yep. <laughs> Hit it right on the nose, man. Right Hit it nose. right on the Listen, Come you know on, how man. many botches I messed up in a match and I kept going? But people <laughs> don't remember on. the botches. They don't. They don't. You know, unless it's Botchamania. You know, Botchamania. <laughs> but when you make Botchamania, you know you're famous because Botchamania got you and you're like, oh, yep, I made it. I'm in there, baby. I'm in there. But aside from that, when you botch, if you made it work, brother, I'm talking about, man, listen, it, it, it's all it's all over. It's in the past. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, this is just a show to remind us all that we have all botched in our lifetime and we're gonna botch sometimes. Nonetheless though, like I said, this is your boy Dwayne, the Prince of Botch. This is my boy JT Funk, independent superstar revolutionaire. And you already know, we are signing all the way out. Peace. <laughs>